Marhaba. Before we get into the main video today, I want to give a quick update on the entrance requirements for Morocco. Morocco is now open for unvaccinated travelers and vaccinated travelers no longer need to test to enter Morocco. Now, a couple of caveats. Let's get into the details. What does it count? Who counts as a vaccinated traveler? In order to be considered fully vaccinated, you have to have three doses or more. Unless you had the Johnson Johnson, then of course two doses. Basically the full course plus at least one booster. Of course, there's a caveat to that as well. If your second dose was less than four months prior to your travel date, then you can go with just the two. So if you are just in the process of getting vaccinated, first of all, wonderful, please do it if you are medically able to, but you can still go. You don't have to wait all the way until you have been able to get a booster. Now, what if you are unable to be vaccinated? Well, if you are unvaccinated, you can enter with a negative PCR test that was administered within 72 hours prior to travel. In addition to the proof of vaccination or negative testing, you still have to fill out the health form, which we always recommend printed out ahead of time. They don't always collect it, but if they do, you don't want to be stuck in line trying to fill it out. Um, just have it, have it ready, make it easier just in case they want it. Other than that, everything else is open. There are no mask mandates. There are no quarantine requirements or anything like that. You don't have to show any negative testing or proof of vaccination as you're going different places and everything is opened once again. So if you have been wanting to go to Morocco, now's your time. Morocco, Moroccan travel is back in full swing and it is better than ever. So, hope to see you in Morocco soon, and let's get into the main video. Marhaba. My name is Megan and welcome to Wanderlust Voyages. We are here to tell you all about Morocco, from the cities to the culture to the cuisine. If you'd like to learn more about Morocco, please be sure to like this video and subscribe, hitting that notification bell so that you'll be notified of all of our future videos. First of all, I would like to apologize. I know it has been a hot minute since I have uploaded. As I mentioned right at the start, Morocco is so busy right now. This channel had begun as a quarantine project for me when business was very slow. However, now that everyone is wanting to get back to travel and going to Morocco, I have been absolutely swamped. But as I have so much more that I want to share with people about Morocco, I am definitely still going to be making videos. I love to talk about Morocco. <laughs> Just ask anyone who has asked me to do a training and then two hours later they're wondering why they did that. <laughs> so this gives me an outlet to share all that information about Morocco with everybody. So today is not strictly going to be Morocco, 
Morocco focused, but one thing I did want to do is as people are getting back to travel and the world is opening back up and people feel comfortable traveling again, the travel landscape does look a little bit different than it did pre-COVID. So let's talk about some of the travel advice as you are getting back out there to hopefully make sure that your trip goes smoothly. So let's start from the very beginning and let's talk about the tickets. Now with so many interruptions, delays, reschedules, canceled flights, I highly recommend flying nonstop if you can. And I know sometimes it can be a little bit more expensive and you might save a lot of money if you go through two or three other stops, but it is not going to be worth it if you end up missing a flight due to something outside of your control. And if you are unable to do a direct flight, try to minimize connections through additional countries. This means if you are in the United States and you are wanting to go to Morocco, well, if you are not flying out of JFK, IAD, or MIA, you don't have a direct flight available. However, if you are able to get to one of those airports and then take the direct flight, it is going to be a bit easier because again, you're not dealing with additional countries in terms of their security protocols, if they have changing COVID requirements, or even running into a situation where if something comes up and maybe there could be a language barrier trying to get it addressed. So try to go direct. If you are unable to fly direct, make sure that your layovers are at least two hours. This way, if your flight is a little bit delayed, it gives you a little buffer room. If there is, let's say, a long line of having to go through security again as you change terminals, then you again have that buffer room. Also, it will help ensure that your bags make the connection as well. Because all parts of the airports are understaffed right now, and this includes people who load and unload your luggage. This brings me into my next point. Always make sure that you pack your absolute necessities as well as at least a change of clothes and a couple changes of undergarments in case the worst happens and you have to make do for a little bit. Also, when you are purchasing your ticket, be aware of the limitations of your ticket. Now, a lot of planes have two, three, maybe four classes of service, first class business, premium, premium economy and economy, or maybe like Royal Amrock, it's just business and economy. However, within that, there are different classes of fares that have different limitations. Sometimes going with the absolute cheapest may save you a few bucks up front, but if anything goes wrong, you may end up losing it all. Some of the cheapest fares don't even allow for changes with a fee. Oftentimes you don't get to board until the very end and you can't even pay to pick your seat. 
so those little things can really make a difference when you are at the airport and trying to get on the plane. Of course, if you have special requests for your seats, it is always, always worth it to just pay to get your seat ahead of time. Because of a lot of canceled flights, a lot of flights are fully booked. So if you think, oh, I can just wait until I check in and select my seat, then mm, you might be sitting in the middle. Also, if you're traveling with someone, you're not necessarily going to be sitting with them. So if it is important for you to sit together, definitely make sure you can get your seats up front. If you have a tendency to get airsick, it is good to try to be in the middle of the plane, kind of closest to the wing. That is going to be a little bit more stable. You're closer to the center of gravity and you, and you are less likely to have the really bad turbulence. Well, you should never travel if you are sick with anything contagious. I'm sure we've all been there where you get the traveler food poisoning. And if that happens to fall shortly before you're coming home, try to sit in the back by the bathrooms. There are usually fewer people back there. Oftentimes there is a galley in the back if you need something such as a beverage or some crackers to settle your stomach, you are much closer to get the flight attendant's attention and get that a little bit easier. A couple of basic tips, as always, get there early. Don't think that just because you don't have to check bags or whatever, that you're gonna be able to breeze right through. No, there's always hiccups, even if you're like, oh, I have TSA pre-check if you're in the US. It's not gonna be a big issue. Well, many times I've been through airports and guess what, TSA pre-check line is closed. So do not count on that. If you are flying domestically, get there at least two hours early. If you are flying internationally, at least three hours early. Things are just a little bit slower and please try to have some patience. Everyone there is understaffed, overworked, and dealing with some people who are not very nice. I know that sometimes it can be very frustrating, but just take a breath. Remember, everyone's trying to accomplish the same goal, getting everyone onto the planes and on their trip. So just work with them, understand that they have the same goal that you do. Let's also talk about some things that can make you a little bit more relaxed and comfortable and able to get through this calmly. First of all, be sure to be dressed comfortably and be aware of what you're going to encounter, trying to get through security, get through the airport, all of that. Shoes are, of course, an important part of this. If you're going to be standing in line for a long time or having to hike from one end of the airport to the other, you need to be comfortable. You need to also be safe. No one wants anyone tripping over their shoes or falling off their heels in the middle of the airport. 
Additionally, always try to dress with layers. The airports, the airplanes, and outside might all have completely different temperatures, and you want to be able to be comfortable for any of them. So keeping cool physically will, of course, help you keep cool emotionally. So when you're packing, make sure you know what the restrictions are. Different locations do have different restrictions, and you do not want to be the person who is nearly missing your flight because your bag needs extra scanning or anything like that. So think about the things that you are choosing to put in your carry-on. And I don't just mean, you know, be careful of the liquids and gels. There are some other things that often get flagged. Anything large and metallic. And oddly enough, thick stacks of papers. We have had bags pulled for extra screening because of a box of business cards because it looked like maybe it's a big stack of money more than you're allowed to take. Other things to think about to get you through the security screening a little bit more smoothly is, of course, what you are physically wearing. Try to avoid things that have big decorative zippers. All it does is add more metal that has to, or that's going to show up on the scanners. Additionally, for some reason with the new scanners, something that often causes problems is actually people wearing maxi skirts or dresses. And I know that can be kind of tough because they are often incredibly comfortable and a great way to have that, that flexibility of having your legs covered or maybe not covered or whatever with the temperature. But be prepared. A lot of times that's going to result in the pat down afterwards. All right, we have now gotten through security and we are finally on the plane. With full flights, it is more important than ever to observe proper airline etiquette. First of all, store your luggage quickly, put it in properly. Don't hog the overhead bin. Don't try to take the entire thing. And if it's half empty, do not close it. People need the space. Put the smaller one under your seat and get seated. If you're hoping to change seats with someone, definitely wait until that person is there to ask them. Do not assume someone is willing to give up a seat for you just because you want to sit by someone. And if they don't want to, that's it accept their answer. Do not make a scene. Also, things like use headphones. Nobody else wants to hear the noises of your game or your music or the movie you're watching, anything like that. Do not let your kids play things on full volume um, and make sure that you have snacks, beverages, and something to entertain your yourself and your children. Now, I know water, buying water at airports is incredibly expensive. Uh, however, there in almost every airport, there is a water fountain that you can fill a bottle of water from. So bring a reusable water bottle. There are some excellent ones that fold up. They take up less space 
and that way you can get through security, fill your water bottle, and then you will have it on the plane. It is important to stay hydrated. And if there is some kind of delay when you are sitting on the tarmac for a while, then you are definitely going to want something to drink. And of course, be aware of other people's personal space. Whoever is in the middle, they get both arm, both middle armrests. Do not stick your hair over the back of the seat or put your feet up on the armrest in front of you. Nobody wants to deal with someone else invading their personal space. Most people do not enjoy flying and following basic etiquette can help make the situation better for everyone. So a few other things to help your travel go a little bit smoother. First of all, do your research. I don't care if you are going across the country or across the world, you need to know what to expect, what you're in for, and to manage your expectations. Now, when I say do your research, I don't mean find out the history of it, but find out what to expect on the ground and the do's and don'ts of the culture. This also means be aware of what the norms are. Don't be the person who is inappropriately dressed for that location. Sometimes that can just be a cultural respect thing. Other times it can be something about let's not stand out as the very obvious tourist. Also, research things such as money. Where you're going, are they going to accept credit cards? Are you going to need local currency? Can you use other currencies? How can you get that currency? Should you get it from the airport? Should you get it, withdraw it from an ATM? Should you get it before you leave your country? Look into those things. Also, research things such as norms around tipping or other manners, what to watch out for in terms of common scams that you might find in different countries. Make sure, make absolutely sure, you know what their requirements are at this time. We had the unfortunate circumstance where someone was coming down from Europe for a weekend in Marrakesh and they didn't pay attention to what type of test they would need to enter Morocco. They got a rapid antigen test and they were denied boarding because Morocco only accepts PCR tests. Make certain that you have the information that you need to enter the country where you are going. Another important thing is to have all of your information printed out, addresses, telephone numbers of where you're going, where you need to get to in case you need to contact someone when you get on the ground or find, get a taxi somewhere and maybe your phone doesn't work on it. Don't rely on technology for storage of everything. However, because technology is wonderful, also look into how you can use your phone when you are traveling. Now, a lot of places you can get local SIM cards, and if that is your plan, make sure that your phone is fully unlocked prior to 
departing the U.S. Some companies require a certain amount of time of owning your phone before you are able to have it unlocked. Sometimes the process of unlocking can take a couple of days. Sometimes it needs to be done from a phone call from your phone. So if you are in another country and cannot use your phone number, well, that might be a little problematic for trying to swap out the SIM card. Also, compare rates. Some people are like, oh, I have, I can have roaming, international roaming on my phone for $15 a day. Okay, in Morocco, you can have a local SIM and have the Wi-Fi for a 10-day trip for five to ten dollars in total <laughs> so even if you think like oh I've got it covered that sounds totally reasonable there might still be a better option of course if you need to be able to answer your phone that's a whole different thing but if it's just I need to have working wi-fi so I can look things up I can use google maps I can use whatever investigate the options for connectivity overseas. A great way to stay in touch with people is by using WhatsApp. I know some people don't really like other apps and things like that, but this is one that I do swear by because it is so useful. We use it every day and it is super reliable. It is usually more reliable than texting through iMessage. Um, it's much better for sending pictures and videos and you can send documents that way. And it, people don't have to be on the same type of phone. It's not like iMessage can only go to other iPhone users. It will work between all of those different systems. However, you do have to have it set up before you leave your home country. When you set it up, it needs to connect to your phone, which it does through your phone number. If you're not able to use your phone, you're not going to be able to get that set up. So get it loaded on your phone beforehand. Also, because it is becoming so popular, many different places are offering an option to call via WhatsApp. And so if you need to call your guide, your driver, your hotel, a lot of them will have a WhatsApp number, and so that will be a great way to be able to get in contact with whoever you need to. Finally, with all of the disruptions going on in travel lately, always make sure you know what your backup plan is. Make sure that you know if something goes wrong, who is it you should be calling. You should, of course, always get travel insurance because it can help cover the expenses that can be associated with delays or even cancellation, anything like that. It is important to know what your travel insurance policy will cover. This is also where working with a travel advisor is incredibly important. Not only can they help you with the travel insurance, but they are often a point of contact so that let's say you get delayed by a day you don't have to contact every single hotel you have one point of contact we recently had a family who unfortunately they were connecting through 
Montreal and due to a delay, they missed their flight. Their entire trip got pushed back by a day. But because she knew that, okay, we were taking care of everything on the ground in Morocco, she contacted me. We were able to get everything rebooked so that it was all pushed a day later and they were able to have a smooth vacation and enjoy their time. So know your plan B. What can, who should you contact? And if you may have limited contact, make sure you talk about that plan B with someone who can do that on your behalf. You know, make sure people know your travel plans and what to expect. So I hope that was helpful in giving you some things to think about as you are planning your next big adventure. And if I missed any suggestions or pieces of advice, drop them in the comments below. Share your knowledge with us all. Thank you so much for joining us and I'll be back next time pretty soon because I didn't want to make this video too long. So next time I'm going to share with you some of my favorite products for traveling because I do a lot of travel and I have learned some must-haves. So join me next time for that and I hope to see you in Morocco soon. Thank you.